All right. Well, I have gained weight this week. Did anyone else? Literally, like seven pounds. Holy moly. Jesus, help me, Lord. There's a fast coming in January. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, uh, we're doing a different kind of service today, and so there's a lot of people that are here that don't know that they're going to give a testimony here in a couple minutes. And so... Um, <laughs> The way we roll here at the way, all of y'all are lucky to be at home because uh, less likely that I call upon you, I guess, right? Um, but uh, hey, if you, uh, if you did not get uh, communion elements, we don't normally do it like this, but the COVID has messed everything up, and so we're doing it this way. Little shot glass with the wafer, right? And so um, if you didn't get one, right, raise your hand, we'll get one to you. Uh, everyone at home, um, then... Um, now is a good time to ignore me and uh, go to the kitchen and get some, some of that stuff. Hey, we're going to be trying to do today, if I, if I had a, a way to see this, uh, I've been seeing it like church Thanksgiving, uh, and this is dinner uh, for everyone, right? So big table, it's a big, big table with lots and lots of... Yeah. Um, and so we're all going to talk and talk about all the good things that God has done. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47 is kind of like my life verse. And it, it really just talks about how the church exploded and how the church grew from 12 people to um, more than a billion. And, um, and it really was started off because they went from house to house sharing all the good things that God was doing in all of their lives. And uh, testifying about Jesus, sharing all their possessions with one another, right? Like we're doing with the Warmth Project. Last year, uh, we had hundreds of jackets, shoes, and blankets that we were able to give away. And I'm hopeful that many of you will participate in that with us um, today. So go help me. Yes, lots of people that are in need. Uh, when you think about your warm house when the cold fronts hit, think about those that don't have one. Uh, let's be a blessing. Hey, um... This is what the church does, man. We give back. And um, so anyways, uh, they, as they were uh, giving back, they were sitting down, taking communion. They committed their lives to the apostles' teachings. And, uh, and so we think it's important that all our lives, uh, we don't live our lives by our own human wisdom. We follow the Lord. We follow scripture. Uh, we, li we line our lives up with not what we know, but we let the word of God speak to us and teach us. And so they took communion together and they remembered if you have your, uh, your, your scriptures, I think I'm going to read today from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 23. And the Apostle Paul uh, wasn't there when Jesus took communion with the disciples. Uh, but what he says is, for, uh, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces, and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. I struggle a lot here. Um, I struggle that Jesus gave thanks, knowing what he was about to say before he said it. He was thankful that his life was poured out for us. He was thankful that he was about to be broken for us. And boy, was he ever. But he said, do this to remember me. 
I love that. Communion is an important sacrament to our faith because it causes us to remember. And there's a lot of things that we need to remember. When Jesus was crucified, this is not a story. This happened. And these are the type of things that we should talk about with our kids and with our friends. When we talk about his nails and the cat of nine tails that came upon his back 39 times. The suffering that Jesus bore. So many of us can be made whole. Some of you today are suffering and some of you today have found freedom. Many of you have found freedom and then have found suffering. But I love that in all circumstances, there's hope because of what he endured and what he ultimately did for us. His body was broken and he said, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant, the new promise between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Wow. Can you imagine the price that was paid for a promise that God made over you today? What is that new covenant? One of them is that I believe that we should all know, regardless of whether you're on the mountaintop today or in the valley or somewhere in between, that God is with you. And that should be a powerful reality to you today that you should be able to sense when you look to him that God is, in fact, with you because he made that promise, not with his words, but with his actions and with his own blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. I love that. Today, as we take communion, we're announcing that Jesus died. I had a little vision here yesterday when we were praying. I love prayer. Saturday mornings is precious. And I had a vision. Uh, it started right there. There was um, like a cross somewhere tucked away back there. And one of the guys got it from our church. His name is Scott. He's not here today. And Scott dragged the cross out, and, and he was trying to stand it up. And um, then he called over a few other men, and they began to, to, to lift it, and they were trying to lift the cross up through the roof. And they were pushing it as high as they could, and there was more men that were coming. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw everyone onto me. And today I think the hope of the service, when Jesus said that... Um, Every time you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. I think it's important that we recognize what is the cross and why is it important. If I could zip through a sermon really quickly, it would be first, the cross is important because it reminds us that sin is real. Please understand we live in a society that doesn't think that sin is real. And we have defined what is sinful. But we are man. And he is God. And if sin wasn't real, there would be no need to do what he did. It is not a story. He prayed a price when he crucified his son. And he poured the wrath of God out 
on him instead of me. I think of, when I think of the cross, I think of the passion of Christ. Not just of his suffering, but of his desire ultimately for me. And wherever you're at in your life today, I want you to know that the determination of Jesus to get to the cross says, I love you regardless of what you're doing today. That is beautiful. I think of the nails in his hands and in his feet and how he had to stand up on that cross so he can breathe and how it must have felt when it weighed back down on his hands. The pain of standing on an open wound, the pain of hanging on it in your hands. There's a powerful scripture that I read this week in Mark. I couldn't help but cry because I, I, I didn't intentionally read this. But the Lord took me there. Some verses in Mark that I had up, and it said, and they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of, of the skull. And, um, and then the soldiers, they nailed him to the cross. Can you imagine the humility of God putting himself amongst man. And then he lowers himself beneath man. And they divided his clothes. The, the shame, I can't imagine that Jesus would allow himself to become naked in front of anyone, including his mom. Everything that Jesus went through is so that he can tell us today prophetically that I know where you are. Shame, he knows shame. Pain, he knows pain. Suffering, he knows suffering. And sin, he knew no sin, but he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of Christ. The next verse, Brian, um, they announced, uh, they, uh, a sign announced the charge against him. That it read that he was the king of the Jews. And the leading priests and teachers of the religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, yet he can't save himself. Let me just stop there, Brian. I had never heard of it before, but it's so beautiful the way the scripture reads you. He saved others. It's funny how the priests and the religious people knew that he saved others. And I was reminded that he saved me, yet he couldn't save himself because he loved me. Jesus, you hung on that cross for me. I'm the richest man on earth because I know what love is. Because I know Jesus.
Today, as we take communion, we're going to take it like Thanksgiving, like they would have done in the book of Acts, as they're going from house to house, except we are going to go from house to house. We're just going to go from microphone to microphone. So anyone that comes up to testify, I'm going to try to keep you under 10 minutes so we can get as many people crammed. No, I'm sorry, not 10 minutes. <laughs> two, two minutes so we can cram as many people in here as possible. So uh, I'm going to go from some people to videos to some people to videos, and uh, we'll see where this goes. Felix, I'm going to start with you. Felix, come on. Felix can be the longest winded, and we're going to cut him the shortest this morning. God bless you. God bless everybody here. Also, God is good. Felix, you got to come here. <laughs> There's a camera here that they got at home. They want to see your beautiful face. Okay, quickly. God is good. Uh, Thanksgiving was Thursday. Just Thursday, but we should thank God every day. On Wednesday night, I started crying because Thanksgiving was going to be on Thursday, and I lost my whole family. I wasn't with my family. Uh, then my, my father, my father that I love, he's 87. He lost his mind completely. He, didn't, he doesn't recognize nobody from the family, even me. Also, my daughter, uh, I got a daughter that haven't spoken to me in two years. Okay. On Thursday came, bang, I started calling people. I called my mother. And she was so happy. <laughs> she was so happy. And I said, oh, happy Thanksgiving. And she said, you know what? You want? Your father. Your father mentioned your name. <laughs> and he wanted to know how you were doing. <laughs> That's beautiful. My father got the understanding now. He understand now, and he's talking now. That was one. Then my, my daughter that haven't spoken to me in two years called me up, and we had a great conversation. Yes. I cannot go no more. It's more, but I cannot go no more. <laughs> Felix is so beautiful, man. Hey, we're going to go to the Bendel testimony. Can we do that next? We're going to go to video really quick. Dean, would you come? I'm very excited to share with you a testimony that happened last January has continued since then. In January, we went to Kotakinabalu, Malaysia, to our son David's wedding to a girl named Connie Chan. On the plane, we met a guy named Alex, and he had a fencing business. He gave me his card. At the dinner with her uncle, I, I showed him the card, and immediately he grabbed the phone and called Alex to come to dinner. Alex ended up being our chauffeur the rest of the week. Anyway, on the last day of that week that we were at the wedding time, Alex invited me to the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. And I went to the fellowship, and then I was invited to dinner. The speaker was a guy named David uh, Chan. He's not related to Connie. And David said, Paul, I want you to know that my friend Joe and I both had a dream two nights ago and in the dream, we both dreamed that we met an American missionary. And so because, as a result, he said, I want to invite you and your wife, Cheryl, to come and speak about healing and, of course, evangelism. And I'll line up three, at least three weeks of meetings for you throughout uh, Malaysia. And so 
we started doing the thinking about what it would cost to go there and everything and oh man it was it was like really high and we also knew that we'd need a translator and all this we wished that connie could be our translator anyway i was out in the field about a month ago and i was uh, working out there and i got a phone call from a, a friend of mine a longtime friend in fact he and i worked in guatemala together for nine years making movies in mayan languages Anyway, he said, Paul, uh, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I need to support you for your next mission trip. I said, really? Wow, Jerry, that's awesome. Um, it's going to be kind of expensive. And he said, well, just do the figures and let me know. So after I figured out what it would cost for the hotels, for the flights, and also he said I could include, include David and Connie because I said I need a translator, including their flights and uh on lot you know on the ground cost of travel food motels etc the the total came to six thousand dollars i called jerry and i told him and he said no problem you've got it and so we are just astounded we're scheduled right now to go lord willing in august if the covid lifts over there and for david and connie to go with us um she's hoping to have her first child while she's over there <laughs> and uh, we're just so thrilled. We just thank God for his wonderful provision. This would have taken us, at the very least, half a year to raise those funds. So it's all done, and we're just excited that God is blessing the ministry. God bless you all. I'm sorry we couldn't be there today, but we thank God for the way. Amen. Uh, so that's... Um... That's Paul and, and Cheryl, and they're wonderful missionaries uh, all over the world, and uh, you don't understand the budget that a missionary lives on, and that is a massive miracle that they can go and travel, and they've got a beautiful ministry of healing, and uh, if you ever have a pain in your body and you see them in church, you're going to want to stop them because they're pretty rad. This is my friend, Diener. Uh, <laughs> Dean Kennard. Anyways, uh, God's doing some great things in Dean's life. Dean, tell us about it. Uh, the, great, the great things, uh, it's hard for me to speak shortly, as my men's group knows, because we've dubbed it Deaner's uh, group there every time. Faster. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to get one in there. Um, I have become closer to Jesus because of my family here. I've, I've gone to church most of my life. I've been under some great ministries, and the effect that the worship team, uh, the men's group, um, serving with uh, Brady and Caleb and Tim, and the effect that you guys have had on my life. Um, it's going to help me be a better family member to my own family who's here. That's awesome. And uh, I, I can't, I, I see Jesus in you guys and, and all of you in different ways. We're the body. And because of you guys, I'm closer to him. Hmm. Because I'm close to you, you guys are making this better on me. Thank you. Love you, Dean. Super proud of you. It was super short, man. God is rocking Dean's life, and uh, it's just cool to see someone on, on fire for, for the Lord. This is, this is Dina, and uh, Dean is going to share what God, a pretty cool miracle the Lord did. Here's the thing. We're thankful for the cross, right? But what I love so much about the cross is now we know that the cross, it, there's no one on it, right? Uh, and so there's some faiths today where Jesus is still on the cross. And I love that I, I experienced the cross, but it's his resurrection that is so powerful and is revealing Christ into all of our lives.
Dana, quickly. Hey, guys. Um, so at the beginning of this quarantine, um, back in April, um, I lost my job. Uh, well, not lost it totally. I was furloughed. Um, I was furloughed uh, from Disney and um, was getting some unemployment for a little while. And um, then after a little while, I logged in to get more unemployment, and it said it had been exhausted. And um, I had a panic moment and didn't know what I was going to do. And um, I started praying, and I reached out to the Lord, and I literally lifted my hands up, and I said, Lord, I give you my job at Disney. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know I'll be okay either way, whether I have my job or I don't, because you've got me. But I literally, I give you my job. Have your way. And I was unemployed or furloughed for seven months. And now during this time, I had uh, money in my bank account. Um, I had about $6,000 in my bank account just to tide me over. Because she did Dave Ramsey. Yes. <laughs> and she got out of debt and put herself ahead. She followed the Lord. <laughs> That's true. And so I had about $6,000 in my bank account. And um, that was the Dave Ramsey thing was also a following from God that led me to that as well. But um, anyway, so I had been praying this whole time and depending on the Lord and depending on him to get me through. And the very week that I ran out of money, I got a call to go back to my job. And I will tell you that God, you give it all to him and he is so omnipresent. He knew what was going on in my bank account. He is the source, you guys. He is faithful. He will not forsake us. And he is our source. So. Um, I, I think that's beautiful. I mean, I don't know about anyone else. All right, so uh, we're going to, uh, can we go to the Jennings uh, video? The Jennings have an announcement that they wanted to thank you guys for. Um, hi, everyone. We just wanted to say thank you for the prayers. Not a lot of you probably know, but we had our little squish on Thanksgiving. Her name is Hadley. You probably already know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we consider her a miracle. I didn't have my liver issues that I had with um, Hannah Kate, and I had a really high chance of recurrence with Hadley. Um, but we um, we didn't have that issue this time, and she decided to come on her own two and a half weeks early. Um, so we love her so much. We thank God for her calm uh, demeanor, and she's just a really easy, sweet baby. So. Oh. And we want to say thank you for praying that the cholestasis did not return, and this was God's plan for it not happening. Yeah. So thank you guys for lifting us up in prayer, and we just want you to know that mommy and baby are doing excellent. Nicole, your space is big. Come. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we love. Oh man, HK man, she's a beautiful kid, uh, and uh, they they were shaking. There was a lot of times where they said, "Listen, can 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 we have folks pray for us?" And so uh, it's good to have community, and I think that's one of the most important things, especially in this year. That is just beautiful. And so, hey, uh, online for everyone at home, uh, if you guys have a testimony, join in and throw it in the chat. 
uh, it'll be really cool for some of those people that are on there with you to go back and, and check it out. Uh, but uh, hey, this is our, my friend Russell. And uh, well, I'm just kidding, uh, Walter. And uh, so anyways, <laughs> you're not the first, trust me. Uh, and so anyways, Walter and I, uh, we've had a chance to, to chat and, uh, and share some things. And he said something this morning that just won my heart. I think every time you talk, I, I, um, I'm speechless. Can you just, uh, you said you were thankful for something this morning. Can you just tell us about it real quick? Yes, um, I've been dealing for the past, uh, oh, past five, ten years with anxiety and depression. And I come to church here because I was born and raised Catholic. And I've lost, I lost my way after about so many years, 25, 30 years. And I finally um, found my way through my niece, Dawn, because Catholics dress a certain way. And if I was to walk into a church, one of them today, the way I am, I, they'd push me right out the door. But anyway, she finally talked me into coming here. And the acceptance I felt when I came here, like this one lady, I didn't even know who she was. She came up to me and she gave me a hug. And it kind of threw me back because I'm saying, wow, this stranger doesn't even know me and she's hugging me. And it put me back a ways, and I felt so good about that. And then I had a talk with the pastor here, and I told him about my anxiety and my depression. And after he said a prayer with me, I didn't really expect much, but by the time I reached home, my anxiety was gone, and it hasn't been back. You're pretty awesome, man. Hey, Russell, you're pretty awesome. <laughs> Just kidding, man. Uh, hey, um, Bill, would you come? Uh, Bill said he had a word this morning, and so we'll, we'll let you uh, break it down for us real quick. Uh, Bill is a preacher, and so uh, we know firsthand how long-winded some of us can be. Two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. Off? Hello? Good luck. No, you're good. Two minutes? Yeah, please. Two minutes. Uh, not Russell, that, that speaks to my heart because that's exactly what I've been feeling is, is, is that pastor says that anxiety and depression are up statistically. And I look at my life and there's nothing really wrong going on. There's no disaster, no calamity. And yet I feel concern. I feel worry. And it's not just the COVID, it's not just the financial disasters that's going on out there, and it's not just those things that we see in the world, because we know the world's going to go straight to hell in a handbasket. We know that. But I'm also seeing it within the church, and that distresses me. And what I'm concerned about is, why is it we don't see the same miraculous, overcoming glory that we saw in the early church? And so that's been my heart's cry, and that's what I've been asking God about. And this is kind of what he said. And, and you can start the two minutes now. <laughs> what I, to summarize and make this absolutely as brief as I can, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he came down to earth as God's son, went to the cross, died on the cross to pay for our sins, to bring us back into right relationship with our heavenly father. But you know what? That's Jesus as Savior. And that is just the start. It is what God has done for us.
to appropriate all those wonderful things that God has for us. The overcoming power of God in our life doesn't come from what Jesus did on the cross. It comes from us making Jesus our Lord. There's a difference between Jesus being our Savior and him being our Lord. Savior is what he did for us. When we make him our Lord, it's what we do for him. It is our heart and our will focused upon him. And that's what God has been speaking to me is he wants my heart. He wants my will. Not what God can you do for me today. It is, dear Jesus, what do you want for me to do today? Amen. Hey, um, can y'all do me a favor? Can you bow your heads real quick? Uh, we just, I mean, man, we can go around the room and around the room and around the room and, uh, and hear some, all the good things that God's doing. But I also know that as, as we know him and his sufferings and everything that he did to get to us, um, there's, there's some here today that don't know him or feel stuck in sin or in pain or in, that you need a healing in your body. And some of you just need Jesus to move in a new way. This is why we exist. If you're here today and you say, I, I, I need a touch from the Lord, before we take communion, if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? God bless you. Man, this, man, this is why we're here. Bill, will you pray right now over them? Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, and the precious Holy Spirit, we just speak to these needs, Lord. May every anxiety, every depression, every sickness, every disease, every calamity, Lord, you are King and you are Lord, and you are the God of glory, and you have the ability to change our lives, to change our circumstances. And we look to you for the solution to our difficulties. Lord, we speak wholeness and health into every body here. We speak a financial blessing into every person in present and within our voice. And Lord, we thank you that you are a God who cares for our every need, that you have a desire to bless us. Lord, as we walk with you, you are our heavenly father. You are our good shepherd and we can look to you to resolve our every issue and we thank you and we praise you and we give you honor and glory and thanksgiving in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Before we take communion, would you sing this song with us?
Jesus said he was eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you. When I think of communion, I think of the sin in my life. I think of the passion that Jesus had for me. I think of the suffering that he went through to get to me. And I think of the power of his resurrection. Jesus gave thanks that his body could be broken. Would all of you break the bread this morning? We give thanks that you are awesome. Holy Spirit's here. Lord, we love your presence. And he said, this is my promise that I will be with you. And I will save you. And I will heal you. And I will redeem you. That I will be your friend. That I will be with you. And that nothing will separate me from you. And that is the greatest promise that anyone's ever made to me. It's the reason why I'm the man I am today. Would you give thanks? Take the blood. And we just sing one last time, church.
church, I just want to remind you a couple things. One, God's not dead. He's alive and he's moving and he's healing. Also, um, I love what Bill said earlier. It's not just about Jesus being the Savior, but now we exalt him with the way that we live because he's the Lord of our life. And so we honor him now as we live the life. So you walk out these doors, make sure that your life is declaring that Jesus is God. He's your God. If there's something going on in your life today, there is power in prayer. And we're going to have some people down here in the altar that want to pray with you to make sure that breakthrough comes to your life because we believe in the power of Jesus' resurrection. Hey, church, I love you. Let's go be the church today. I love you guys. God bless you.